Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I think that most of you, if you're aware of the context, may remember that this particular interaction in such a critical moment in the life of Christ comes just after uh, a conversation with the disciples and one in which Peter, the Apostle Peter, in uh, responding to what Jesus was saying during the conversation, he kind of blurts out, and I think it's very sincere, but he said, Lord, even if I die with you, I will never deny you. I think that's coming from a fervent and sincere heart. I'll never deny you. And then some of you know that it didn't take long. What Jesus told Peter would happen indeed did happen. He not only denied him, but he denied him three times. And it's an illustration that we, the ones that he has chosen, we are beset with weakness and we are subject to weariness and we don't always get it right. That's just who we are. And yet I'm convinced that the Lord knows what he's working with. He knows what he's dealing with when it comes to us. I'm asking you today not to be so quick to judge the willing. Because in that moment of expression, just like many of us, in that moment of, of real, sincere uh, just trying to say what I want to say because I believe it in my heart, even if the follow-through may not happen, that was at least a signal that Peter was willing. Praise God. Peter was willing. And I'm asking you not to judge the willing so harshly. Throughout history, I believe the world has been changed by the willing. <laughs> I really do. Just a few days ago and. I hope that you were able to commemorate Memorial Day, not just for the opportunity to relax, but of course the significance of the moment. And some of you remember that today is the anniversary of what is known as D-Day, June the 6th, 1944. 156,000 American, British, and Canadian forces landed on the beaches along a 50-mile stretch of the coast of France known as Normandy. The invasion was one of the largest amphibious military assaults in history. And they, they credit that invasion and that launch as being the beginning of the end of World War II. I suspect that many on those beaches may not have had a great uh, military mind. And I don't mean to be disrespectful. Many on those beaches may not have even had a great history in understanding and studying warfare. And I, again, do not mean any disrespect, and I honor their sacrifice. I don't know that if we went case by case and individual by individual that uh, many of them would have been selected and said, uh, as we navigate the challenging times uh, that our world is facing, uh, here are some key individuals uh, that possess the ability to see us through. And, and I say all that to say the one thing I really suspect of most of them, and, and maybe not all of them, uh, but most of them, uh, they were there because they were willing. I'm just asking you not to judge the willing so harshly because the world in history and in Scripture has been 
impacted by the willing. Natural and spiritual battles are fought, and enemies are conquered, and victories are won by the willing. I think we focus on the talented, uh, and we focus on the gifted, uh, and we focus on the ones uh, that seem so highly skilled. Uh, but today, uh, I am just wanting to call attention uh, that it is the willing uh, that God uses uh, beyond what they can ask or think uh, according to the power that works in them. I thank God for talents. Use them for his glory. But I'm looking today for somebody who will say, I may not be talented but I am willing. I may not be the most gifted but I am willing. I may not be the one you would have chosen first or even 100th but I am willing. I am willing but I am weak. But God's grace is sufficient. You read, and I encourage you to do it in your own time, in Judges chapter 5, and a season of, of the life of God's people where one way of describing it is they were essentially terrorized. The enemy had so perplexed and confused and bombarded them, and you read through what they were facing, and it was not a good time for the people of God and yet something began to happen. Again, read the chapter, read the context. I'm going to highlight one verse here in a moment. But throughout that chapter, something begins to take place. People that are ordinary, people that have just everyday assignments in life, they just start finding the means and the wherewithal to do something that will make a difference in the situation. And I don't know that we could describe them again as great warriors or as very multi-talented people with all kinds of gifts but we can say in fact the scripture says of these people at least a couple of times in the chapter it's referenced they were willing amen they were willing and then in chapter 5 verse 13 one of those people says the Lord came down for me against the mighty. Excuse me. I'm sure it's allergies. The Lord, verse 13, came down for me against the mighty. I'm willing. I'm weak. But God has a way of looking at the willing and coming down in a glorious way because he can use anything and anybody to accomplish his purpose as long as we are willing. I know that it's dangerous to grab one verse and live with it and deal with it out of context. I really believe the spirit of what I'm describing is consistent with the balance of Scripture, and I want to promise someone today that God will not abandon you. If you're willing, he is able. If you're willing, you can expect Expect God to come down and work in your life against the 
Almighty. I don't know if it's cancer. I don't know if it's disease. I don't know if it's financial calamity. I don't know if it's family strife. But if you're still willing for a demonstration of the power of God, grab a hold of a promise and say, God is going to come down for me against the mighty because I am willing. But I'm weak. I'm willing. But I'm weak. And yet God does not write us off. God does not give up on us. Beset with weakness. Subject to weariness. But he still calls us. And he calls us to rely on him. He calls us to trust in him. No wonder the Apostle John says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith if you're willing and you believe God get ready for a demonstration of God's power the apostle John was so convinced that he even said the victory is already present as long as you have faith in God I'm sick but there's victory because I have faith in God I'm going through it but there's victory even my faith is victory I don't have the right tools I have faith I don't have all the talents but I have faith I don't have a great army but I have faith I'm willing But I'm weak. <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, when Peter and the disciples fell asleep in the garden, tradition or custom teaches that it really wasn't unusual for people to stay up late on the night of the Passover. In fact, many believe that for most of their lives, they had had late night activities during the Passover. The very Passover significance is on a night that late in the midnight hour, using a little bit of you Linder translation there, late in the midnight hour, God's going to work it. I'm sorry, but that makes me happy. But you know that first Passover, when the enemy was suffering the consequences of being out of alignment with God's will, those who had put the blood on uh, the doorpost of their homes as was directed, as God had promised, they were spared. So don't you believe that even in that moment, uh, there were some people up late that night and relieved enough to give God glory. We made it through the hardest and most difficult and most bizarre night of our lives. And so custom was in the Passovers that would come after that, that they would just sit around a little while and just go on as long as they'd want to go on talking about the goodness and the deliverance of the God that had been faithful to them. I say that to say it's interesting to me 
obviously the rest of the week and the rest of the activities are very severe and very extreme. But in this moment, they don't know what's coming really. They understand to some degree, but just on a regular night, in a regular situation for them, when really it's not that big of a deal to just stay up a little while, they just fell asleep. And I'm just here, and, and I hope that this encourages you. It's in the routine of life, not always the extreme test. It's in the routine and the mundane activities of life that we need to be extra vigilant. When you get a call from the doctor and there's a 911 moment in your life, if you weren't praying for weeks, you're praying then. If you have a car wreck on the way home, and I don't wish that for anyone, if you haven't been reading your Bible for weeks, you'll sit up in that bed with the cast on and you'll open your Bible and you'll say, I'm just glad that didn't kill me. In the extreme duress and trials, in the fierce seasons of life, we tend to be a little bit more vigilant. We're calling upon the Lord, but in the routine, in the mundane, even though we're willing, we have a tendency to lose our focus and we stop watching and we stop praying and then we are susceptible to an enemy that will trip us up. So if you're willing, keep watching and keep praying, but not just in the extreme moments. Every day get up and say, Lord, I believe you. Amen. I'm willing, but I'm weak. But God knows, and he has given me a prescription, and really even a strategy. Keep watching. Keep praying. Keep believing. Amen. Keep watching. Keep praying, keep believing. Keep protecting your walk with God. Keep protecting your participation in the family of God. Be more vigilant in the mundane routine activities. Make sure you know when you're going to pray every day. Make sure you know when you're going to spend time in the Word every day. In that routine, in that mundane season, make sure that you know how you're going to be in the house of God and participating in the work of God Sunday in and Sunday out and every opportunity available just to keep on moving on saying I'm willing, I'm weak, but I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm believing. God's promised me something. I'm going to do something for God. Most of the people who have lost out with God they didn't lose out because of a major trial or a major disaster but slowly in the routine in the mundane in the ritual of life they stopped watching, they stopped praying they stopped believing so pastor is preaching even on a regular day keep believing God Amen so that his glory 
can be revealed in your life. Psalm 6. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. I'm willing, but I'm weak. Have mercy. I'm preaching to you that God will hear your cry in the everyday circumstances of life. I'm willing, but I'm weak. Have mercy on me, Lord. I'm willing, but I'm weak. Help me, Lord. I feel the pressure of life and temptation and, and just the worn-out routine. I'm willing, but I'm weak. Have mercy upon me. Oh, Lord, don't be too brave. Don't act too cute. Don't make it so that everybody doesn't know the trials that you're going through. Be honest. Lift your hands and with faith say, I need him. Be honest. Kneel by your bed and don't worry. Don't watch the, the clock. Say, I need him. I need him. Open your Bible. And even if you're moving through a few verses that you don't understand, say, have mercy on me, God. I'll never make it without you. I need heaven to come down I need heaven because I'm willing but I'm weak I need God to move in my life because I'm willing but I'm weak I need God to bring his deliverance and his strength because I'm willing but I'm weak I come through a pandemic and I'm weak Some of the experts have told us that what we see in the, in the American church through the pandemic is not weakness because of the pandemic. It's weakness that was undetected before the pandemic. What we see in weak worship is not because of the pandemic. It's because of before the pandemic. What we see in weak attendance is not because of the pandemic. It's before the pandemic. There was a weakness. There was a fault line. And the pandemic just served to manifest what was already there. What we see in a weak connection with other brothers and sisters, that's not because of the pandemic. It's a weakness that was always there, but we did not see it. We had been lulled to complacency and even comfort by the routine, and we did not remember, yes, we're willing. Yes, we want a revival. Yes, we want an outpouring. Yes, we want an end-time harvest, but we are weak, and a weak body was never designed to make it through any kind of storm without the anointing and the glory and the power of the Lord. If you weren't praying strong before the pandemic, that's what happened during the pandemic. If you weren't giving faithfully before the pandemic, that's what happened during the pandemic. If you didn't have a fresh anointing before it, that's what happened during. Hey, we're weak. Oh, we really are. We struggle. But if we'll call upon him, he'll have mercy on us. 
Amen. So, in a moment of weakness, the psalmist begins to say to the cliff, I don't want you to run because I think some of these younger people need to run once in a while. I don't want to tell you his age, but he's got several decades on several of you, and he can outpraise you on a bad day. I said it. <laughs> but he's going to like this passage because he quoted it to us today. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm trying to let a strategy filter into your spirit that can be present at all times, not just in a 911 emergency, not just in the severe uh, panic moments of life where the whole world is upside down, but on a regular Monday, uh, on a regular Tuesday, uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm weak, I'm weak, and so my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear hear of it and be glad again you lender translation everybody wants to go to a church where anybody can go to that church even if they're messed up even if they're wrecked even if they're addicted even if they feel kind of humble in life circumstances everybody wants to go worship where anybody can go worship and so if we start saying yes we're willing and yes we're weak but let me tell you about Jesus let me tell you what he's done for me let me tell you how he lifted me out let me tell you how he brought me a mighty long way keep watching keep praying keep believing Can you handle the rest of the psalm? The question is, can I? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He was in a desperate moment confronting the weakness of his own life and yet in his frailty in his humanity when he looked around and said I'm willing I want to do something for God but things are a mess I am weak he said I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed And then you're getting excited. And then you read, it's a, it's a messianic psalm. That means it's not only speaking of David's triumph. It's forecasting a moment where he who knew no sin would be made sin for us. And he would be spread out on a cross 
to affect the salvation of all mankind. Not only David, but the Messiah would cry out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for them who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And I feel like I want to say the triumph of the cross is a triumph for every believer that puts their trust in Jesus. And you may be weak, but if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it'll quicken you, it'll strengthen you, it'll renew you. It'll resurrect you. It'll give you hope. It'll give you strength. It'll give you what you need. In the weakest moment, if I can say that anyone has ever faced, in fact, no one has faced that moment. And when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And yet, we know the story. There is a tomb, but there's also a resurrection. I'm willing. I'm willing. And forgive me for saying it again, and I know it's so basic, but if I'm willing, he's able. If you're willing, He's able. If we're willing, he's able. I'm willing, but I'm weak. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. Weakness isn't just nonsense sin that we always run towards. It's not a weakness if you, through the power of the Holy Ghost, and sometimes through just crucifying your flesh, can conquer it. You okay? It's a weakness if you were born with it or born into it and there's nothing you can do to change it. Or it's happened around you and there's nothing you can do. It's a thorn in your flesh and you can't do anything to change it in your own power. If you can... Uh, now, now, let me just digress because now I know some of you are thinking about that. Let me put it to you this way. The old timers used to say, we can cast out devils, but we cannot cast out flesh. We can rebuke devils. We can pray and take authority over devils. But you wake up every morning and you still have a human nature. Right? So what are the things that we do? to take some dominion over this human nature. Yes, we are filled with the Holy Ghost, but the apostle also said, I die daily. And so, yes, 
there is a routine of conquering attitudes and conquering habits through the power of the Spirit and through the truth of the Word of God. That will not end until the rapture. But when you're up against something that has weakened you and you realize, I don't have any way of overcoming this on my own. I've got good news for you. God knew about your weakness when He called you. He knew about your weakness when He dragged you out of that bar room or dragged you out of that hospital ward or dragged you out of that insane asylum or dragged you out of that messed up family that was so dysfunctional. God knew about your weakness and if you're willing he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think stand with me but God from 1 Corinthians has chosen the weak thing confound the things which are mighty. You read down a few more sentences and he says why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. No wonder we have this treasure in earthen vessels. No wonder it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit, saith the Lord. No wonder we go through some difficult circumstances, fiery trials, and God uses it to purify and really to strengthen us. Some have turned around only to find that those severe trials have strengthened you in the power of his might. But in every circumstance, in the daily routine and in the severe trial, for we that are willing, he constantly allows us to remember, my grace is sufficient for thee because my strength is made perfect in who knows what comes next in weakness. Praise God. His strength is perfect when my strength is gone. Anybody know a testimony like this? He carries me when I can't carry on. Raised in his power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. And I preach to you, maybe hopefully today has helped you, but I preach to you and I conclude with a statement that everyone has heard, but it's got to be in your soul every day of your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm willing, but I'm weak.
but he knew exactly what he was getting. And he wants to work in me. He wants to work through me. Not everybody is comfortable coming to the altar, perhaps, but everyone that can, 